0: Selling is something that you do with somebody else. It's not something you do to people. And I think it's a big mistake in the marketplace that people think, and this is also why people think sales is gross and icky and I don't want to be associated as a salesperson, as a business owner, is because they think it's something that you're supposed to do to people. And it's not. It's something you do with people. And when you start showing up with this with attitude, then everything gets easier.
1: Welcome to the Making Sales Social Podcast, featuring the top voices in sales and marketing. Join hosts Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick as they discuss the best tips and strategies they are teaching their clients so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Here are your hosts Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick.
2: Hey, welcome to Making Sales Social. I'm Bill McCormick. I'm Bryn Tillman. So Bryn, who's joining us today?
3: I'm so excited. We have Nikki Roush today, and we met through the power of networking. In Clubhouse, uh, Neil Thompson is a gentleman who frequents the rooms that I'm speaking in and said, you absolutely need to meet Nikki. You guys are so aligned. And when we chatted, there was one thing, many things that, that that I connected with, but one thing where I said, we've got to have her on Making Sales Social which is she has a radically different approach to sales, which is very similar to ours. She helps business owners and entrepreneurs who want to sell authentically and build relationships. So Nikki, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be here with both of you.
3: Tell everyone a little bit about you and how you became this sales trainer who teaches authentic relationships. (laughs)
0: So my background is a corporate sales rep. I was one of those like road warriors, you know, doing the traveling like crazy and managing a very large territory and working at the manufacturer level in the technology space. And while I was doing that, I started studying neuro-linguistic programming. And if that's a new term to anybody out there, it's essentially the study of communication. And I did it with the idea that it would improve my selling skills which it certainly did but what it really did was improve my ability to communicate in a much more effective way and uh, so when i decided to start SalesMaven, which is my business i took my combination of selling experience selling to you know large corporate you know organizations multi-million dollar deals and my nlp background and combined them and now i really work with entrepreneurs primarily women entrepreneurs and teach them the sales conversation i teach a five-step approach i call it the selling staircase and the idea behind it is that you don't have to have a script in front of you and you don't have to you know try to sell like anybody else you get to be yourself and you understand where am i in the conversation and how do i seamlessly move it to the next step if the other person is interested in going there with me
2: uh, this is fascinating I, I i can't wait to dive in the selling okay. staircase uh and 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 nlp, NLP right NLP. Yeah, perfect. Uh, but but first before we get to that there's one question we ask every guest nikki What does making sales social mean to you
0: what it means to me is that selling is something that you do with somebody else it's not something you do to people and i think it's a big mistake in the marketplace that people think, and this is also why people think sales is gross and icky and I don't want to be associated as a salesperson, as a business owner, is because they think it's something that you're supposed to do to people. And it's not, it's something you do with people. And when you start showing up with this with attitude, then everything gets easier because it truly is a social like interaction.
3: Love that. I love that. And those are like my, drop moments, like quotable moments, right? Sales is something we do with, not to. I love it.
2: Yeah, and and it kind of goes to, to our philosophy, you know, that that prospect isn't a number in your CRM. They're not a dollar amount in your quota. They're actually a real person. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, I, so I love that. So I don't know, Bren. I, I think we need to unpack the staircase. I think we need to I, to, to, to climb it. higher and higher. So, so let's talk about about the staircase a little bit.
0: So it's really focused around the sales conversation, and there are five steps in the selling staircase. The foundation that this staircase resides on is rapport. So you'll often hear me say it's relationship first, rapport always. So you have to have rapport with the person you're in conversation with. And step one is the introduction. This is when you're meeting them for the first time, or maybe they're being introduced to your work in some way. It could be through LinkedIn, could be through YouTube, it could be that they're listening to your podcast, or they're visiting your website. And the idea in step one in the introduction is to make a powerful first impression, to make somebody go like, hmm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm willing to give you my attention for a few more seconds to check you out. So that's step one. How step do you, two, Ed, wait, before we yeah. go to
3: step two, yeah. how do you do that? How do you use the LinkedIn profile or the website to gain those insights to make that powerful?
0: Well, one of the ways that I would do that is I would think about, especially with your website and also with your LinkedIn too, is it can't be all about you. It needs to actually be about the reader so one of the things I teach is you got to get rid of all these I statements like I do this, I help these people, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, let's talk about, you know, this is this is for you when blah, 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 whatever it is that you're talking about on your website. Or you could say you'll, you'll often hear me say this, you know, clients hire me to learn how to sell. That's not me saying, oh, I help clients learn how to sell. I'm making about the client. It's what they do. It's not what I do.
3: I mean, yeah, it's interesting. We, we actually say all content, including your profile, needs to do five things. It needs to resonate with your targeted audience so they yes. know immediately you help me. The second thing it needs to do is create curiosity because you can lose them on the website or on the LinkedIn profile like that or content. If you, if you don't create a curiosity, they don't lean in and we need them to lean in. That's right. The third thing is teach them something new. Right. So what did they not what did they learn today that they didn't know yesterday or before they got here? And that's even on your LinkedIn profile. What the fourth is what you taught them needs to get them thinking a little differently than they did before. And then fifth, it needs to create a compelling moment. So we move them from lurkers to engagers. I love so, that. yeah. So I just thought that just fit right in with staircase step number one.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think we have a lot of alignment here because for me, step number two is creating curiosity. And yeah. so I feel like we're right in alignment. And this, this, I often say, is the most missed step in the Selling staircase. People don't think about, are you creating curiosity? And I teach creating curiosity is it's the difference between how you call a dog and how you call a cat. So I know that sounds a little crazy. So if you give me no, just a second. Not no,
2: not not anyone who who both owns both cats and dogs totally gets okay. that. But but you may need to unpack that for some non-dog <laughs> and non-cat okay. people. Okay.
0: All right. So for the dog owners, you know, typically if you want to get your dog's attention, you do this like kind of a high pitched kind of like a lot of energy, like, come here, boy, come here. Let's do something fun. You want a treat? Like, you know, and dogs really respond to that kind of energy. But unfortunately, a lot of times in a sales conversation with somebody, we are so excited to talk to a new client that we end up having this dog calling energy, which for the person on the receiving end of that, it's like, oh, it's too much. Like I'm not a dog. I don't respond to that type of energy. So the flip side of it is you think about how you call a cat and you do this little thing where you go here, kitty, kitty, here, Mm -hmm. kitty, kitty. Now what happens? Your cats oftentimes won't even come to you for that, by the way. They'll lean in, which I think you said, Bryn. like we're just wanting them to lean in. We want their attention long enough for them to go, tell me more or ask a question, right? So that's what creating curiosity is about. And I often teach that it's the way you answer really simple questions oftentimes can open the door to creating curiosity. So, for instance, if you said to me right now, like, hey, Nikki, what have you been up to lately? Like, I could say, oh, not much, but that doesn't create any curiosity. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I could say, oh. I'm just getting ready to launch my last masterclass of the year. And then somebody could go, maybe if you were interested, you might say, what are you teaching a class on or what's going on with that? And then I could talk a little bit more about that. It gives me a little opening. And then what happens oftentimes when you create curiosity is people will start to give you buying signals. And when you get buying signals, that's when you invite them to step three which is the discovery process, and I know I've heard you guys talk about discovery in your own on your podcast that how important it is. The idea, of, sorry, I,
2: I, I just want to stay on 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 step two just just for one moment because yeah. I love that uh, you know I, I think one of the reasons that salespeople don't like to create curiosity is because we lose control then you, you know we we have a sales process and we're gonna go we're gonna do our step one step two step three step four and we know it and the problem with that is that the buyer has a buying process and 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 as salespeople, i don't think we like to lose control and the curiosity causes us to lose control you know i think about my cat so i have one cat that answers like a dog when i call him he comes it's great but there's another but there's another cat that just is a totally different story so you know you scratch like i don't know if you can hear that on my microphone but you know i scratch on something and it kind of gets okay i might want to go after that and that luring enticing, I guess, really is the thing is that we have to entice them entice them along. So I just wanted to say that before we move on to discovery, which is a great thing to talk.
1: Looking to up your LinkedIn game? The Social Sales Link team has you covered with our LinkedIn Sales Accelerator, a guided social selling program that includes training, coaching, and so much more. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash in for more details. Again, that socialsaleslink.com slash in
3: I want to pull what you said though, okay. both of you were saying because because I think that's really important. When we're not creating curiosity and we're following our own agenda, we don't make them matter. It's all about me and my agenda. Mm-hmm. Right. When you yeah. create curiosity, what I'm learning from Nikki here is that, that you know that's what gets them to lean in because mm-hmm they matter, right? So I that I think that's the kind of differentiator there that at least I'm picking up on.
0: Yeah, the idea is that we want them to lean in, we want them to have questions, because from their questions, oftentimes, that gives us an indication of where to go next, mm-hmm. right? Because you think about all that you guys do, and all the experience that you have, if somebody came up and said, like, hey, Bren, tell me everything you know about sales, like, you could talk for probably days, Mm-hmm. right? Like, cause mm-hmm. you know so much about it, but maybe all they wanted to know when they say, tell me what you know about sales is tell me how to hire you. Right. So you don't want to just talk about sales. You want to talk about ways to work with you. So we have to give them opportunity to ask questions because it lets us know where to go next. I, and like, I
3: love that. I think that's so important. And discovery also helps them too. Right, yeah. that's one thing that I vote. Like discovery is not just for me to find out what's going on in their environment. If we do a really good discovery, they're having aha moments about their environment that they didn't even recognize.
2: It it, it goes to to what you said in the beginning, you know, we we do sales with someone, not to someone. And and Jeff Bajoric said it, you know, we don't do discovery on a client or a prospect. We do discovery with them to Bryn's Mm -hmm. point so that they discover some stuff also.
0: Yeah. I always say all roads in the discovery in your questions, all roads should lead to either hiring you or helping them self-select this isn't the right thing for them, right? Because not everybody you talk to is a client. So we're we're planting seeds by asking questions that lets them go, ooh. So for instance, in my discovery process, you better believe one of the questions that I ask is, how proficient are you at creating curiosity when you're talking about your business? Guess why? Because I teach that. So of course, I'm going to ask that question because Mm -hmm. it also plants a seed in their mind of like, oh, Maybe Nikki knows how to do something that I haven't learned how to do yet. So I want to stay in this conversation. I want to find out how can I learn how to create curiosity
3: in some ways. So one of the things that we teach is that we want to lead to our solution, not with our solution. Yes. And so I think that that perfectly aligns with that. Mm
2: -hmm. For sure. For sure. I'm a big fan
0: of, I teach this too, is like, do not sell during discovery this is not you demonstrating your expertise. This is not you giving a little nugget to somebody or like, you know, what's going to solve your problem is this. Like, I think that's a huge mistake in the selling process is to demonstrate your expertise because that I will often say it's kind of like, Think about all the resources, everything you know, everything that you can bring to a client's life that will help them get whatever it is, you know, that they need or want or solve their problem. They don't know all that you know. It's like giving them a grain of sand because to you it's just a little thing. You're like, oh, I'm just gonna give you this little thing, this little taste. But they don't know that behind you is all your resources. It's like a big, beautiful beach. And they think when you give them that little grain of sand, that it is the beach, and now they don't need to hire you. And frankly they miss out on all that you can help them and all that you can bring to solve the problem, meet the need and really make a difference and an impact when they work with you.
3: So I have a question to that. Okay. Um, Without, I'm not going to push back on kind of your, but my question to you is, we need to earn the right to get the business. Yes. right? Right. And so if we are not sharing nuggets, where are we earning the right? In the sales process,
0: you're earning the right by planting the seeds about the ways uh, like this idea of like, what are the things that you can teach? And do they get an idea of like, this is something I'd like to know more about. So you can give as much what as you want. But if you give the how they often think then they don't need to hire you. So you can give as much what, you know, I teach I creating curiosity, hmm. you know, storytelling is a big part. And, you know, is that is that something that's important to you? and how confident are you when you're telling stories in earning somebody's business? Right. Cause I'm not telling them how to tell stories. I'm not teaching them how to break it down. Right. That is something that they get when they hire me. That is something that I teach. Right. So the idea behind this is there's lots of ways for people to get like truly little nuggets from you. Like you guys have this amazing podcast and you share all kinds of stuff out into the marketplace. Those are ways for them to get little grains of sand, but they're not specific to their need. Because when you start talking specific to their need and specific to their application, oftentimes they won't hire you because they think, well, I just got the like, I just got the secret insight here that I needed from mm-hmm. Bren or from Bill. So I, I probably need to go implement and then maybe come back and hire them later, but they can't really go and implement because you just gave them this tiny little right. thing Mm-hmm. And they they need you to help them walk them through it or or give them a little bit more context or give them an opportunity to to ask more questions to get some more clarity. That's what I mean by that. Interesting. So that's thank brilliant.
3: you for that. So so step number three.
0: So right. that's the discovery.
2: Discovery. Right. 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 Yep. right. And
0: then so step number four is when you actually start doing the selling. This is the proposal step. And proposal can be a form like a formal proposal, but it may just be in a conversation. So I always suggest that the way you move from step to step is you ask permission. So I never go into sales mode with somebody. I always say, you know, based on what you've shared, I have some ideas of ways we might work together. Would you be interested in hearing more about those? Mm-hmm. So I'm Okay, good. Yeah. So I'm going to ask their permission. And then I'm going to lay out the way to work with me based on what they have shared. And I'm going to stand in my place of credibility and authority. And I'm going to recommend what I know they need in this moment. I'm not going to say, there are 18 ways to work with me. <laughs> I'm going to say, you know, I'll give up to three, but usually I'll pick one. I'll say, you know, based on what you've shared, my suggestion is that we work together in a, you know, in a multi-strategy session type opportunity where we can work on these specific things. Here's, you know, based on what you have shared with me, these are the things that we would cover in those sessions. And then I'm going to move to step five. I'm going to issue that closed language. And closed language is that very direct yes or no question. It's essentially saying to somebody without saying to them, do you want to hire me? Yes or no. So I'm going to say, is that something you'd like to move forward with? And mm. then I'm going to zip it and wait and let them respond.
3: You know, it's interesting. That's something that we had to learn the hard way is we gave options and recognized options. They don't want options. They want to be told. It,
2: it, it, it confuse them, really. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. It can be
0: overwhelming. And then they go mm. into decision fatigue. Like, I don't know what to do, but you're mm-hmm. the expert. So stand in your place of expertise, mm-hmm. recommend what you know they need. And if they have a question or an objection, or if they say that's a little out of my price range, then you could bring up something else. You can move them a step down if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if you just give them like, here's 18 ways to work with me and go look at my website and here's all the you know packages I have, they go into overwhelm. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So okay. The
3: base is rapport. Yep.
0: Yeah. Step number one, introduction.
3: Step number two,
0: curiosity.
3: Step number three, discovery. Step number four, proposal. Step number five,
2: close. Close. Yeah. Got it.
3: I was mixing them together, and they were all so. Now I'm glad that
2: we've. Got, I did it really yeah. fast, so, and, so, so yeah. And four up. and four and five kind of went right right together. So so let's talk for a moment about the close. So you you do that and you and you zip your lip, mm-hmm. and and here's one of the things we know. Um, you know, I don't know what the I don't know. There's like eighty nine hundred and fifty two decision makers for every business, every decision that's made nowadays. I'm being really sarcastic. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm 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 being really sarcastic, but I'm not. I, I mean, I that's just, you know, there's so many. And so it's OK. I have to get the I have to get the, the, the team's input um, or I need to take this to 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 my boss or so. So what do you do at, at that point? So
0: what I do is I always think it's important to move the conversation along and get to the next step. So I want to have the next step scheduled before I end that conversation. So I would say to somebody who says, I have to take this to my boss. I would say, now, is there any additional information that would be useful for you to have in front of you when you have that conversation? And when do you think you'll have that conversation with him or her? And then I'm gonna say, let's schedule a circle back call now on our calendars. That way I can answer any additional questions that come up during that conversation for you and your boss. And then we'll talk about next steps for working together. Like, do you have your calendar available now? And I'm gonna schedule that next step because I wanna make sure, I, I actually don't believe in chasing clients. I would say, if you chase clients, you're turning everybody into a toddler. Just like if you say to a toddler, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to chase you. They don't even know what the game is and they're off right. and running. Yeah. And if yeah. you act like, well, I'll just follow up with you next week or I'll just call you sometime soon. Well, they're not going to answer right. when you call them. But if you have a, an appointment scheduled on their calendar, they're going to either have ensured that they had the conversation with the boss or they're going to say, this isn't really for me, so I'm just going to cancel this meeting with you. Great. Save you a bunch of time and effort and energy um, talking to somebody who's not an ideal client. Or they're going to get on the call with you and say, I'm struggling with how to bring this up and I need some help or I need some, I need some additional information. But that keeps the sales conversation moving forward right. till we get to the place where we actually either decide not to work together or we exchange dollars for service or product or whatever it is that you're selling
2: love that yeah and and either one of those is a win because you know you know because you found out and you and you discovered and that's one of the things that i've done is i've focused more on before i end any call it's like okay you know where do you think we should go from here and let's schedule and let's schedule a follow-up and and that's it's it's been a game changer it really has and it's kept things either moving along or somebody saying hey listen it's just not going to work so i i love that and i can't believe we are already um out of time we really didn't even get to talk about neuro linguistic programming so i'm thinking that we're going to have to do another session with you for sure happy to so um, so listen, before we, we wrap up, Nikki, thank you so much. Uh, tell everyone how they can stay in contact with you and connect with you. Well,
0: I'm going to wrap it around a gift for your listener, if that's okay, your listeners. Of course. Okay. This is we a love e- gifts. Okay, good. So this is an ebook called Closing the Sale, and it kind of really talks through some of that language of step three, four, and five in the selling staircase. You can get that by going to my website, yoursalesmaven.com, and then forward slash social so this is for your podcast listeners your sales podcast. maven and maven is maven.com forward slash social
2: right so That'd make sure cool. you go check out salesmaven.com forward slash social to, to download that i know as soon as we get off i'm gonna go do I that i am too I and am. Uh, so so nikki thank you so much for being here listeners thank you for spending your time with us and don't forget Uh, Whatever you do when you're out and about this week, don't forget to make your sales social. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks for
1: listening and join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.